Do you want to know how to get your brand featured in mass media outlets to increase the trust and credibility in your brand? Mass media exposure elevates the perception of your brand, attracting customers, increasing sales, and outselling your competitors. So listen in because the Magnify You podcast has been made for you. I'm your host, Monica Rosenfeld, and I've been running my PR agency, Wordstorm PR, for 20 years. Over that time, we've worked with literally hundreds of brands and positioned our clients as the go-to media spokespeople for their industry. I'll be talking to journalists, talent agents, media professionals, and inspiring entrepreneurs about what it takes to get your message in the headlines. Welcome back to the bonus episode of season one of the Magnify You podcast. In putting the podcast together, we had so much juicy information and great interviews with fantastic journalists. We couldn't possibly fit it into eight episodes. So we've created this bonus episode especially for you. In this episode, we'll be talking to two fantastic journos from different media outlets, one being an in-flight magazine and the other being a popular online women's news site. So to start things off, we welcome into the studio Sudeshna Ghosh of Jetstar Magazine. Thank you very much for joining us on the Magnify You podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here, Monica. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in. So tell me a bit about Medium Rare Content Agency. So it's um, it started out about five years ago. In fact, we just celebrated our fifth birthday um, a few months ago. And you won an award last night at the Mumbrella Awards. Yes, we did. Thank you. Well, that's the thing about Medium Rare. Uh, it's the, as as a company, it's been sweeping the awards ever since. I think we do. So um, we do only custom publishing and pretty much for all a, a, a lot of leading brands across Australia. We do Qantas magazine. Coles, um, Bunnings, David Jones, and a whole heap of others. Um, Jetstar Jet magazine as well. Of course, which <laughs> is which is what I work on. So yeah, um, Medium Rare acquired Jetstar last year, which is when the whole team came together, um, including me. And it's 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 very exciting because if we've just it's just been a year, and um, win, winning an award was yeah very gratifying. Okay, great. Because yeah, you've got that um, must-have apps um, column where you know two apps are featured, you know, in in each magazine, and obviously there are millions of apps being created every day. So those two that get featured, what would they be doing differently in their pitch to the others that are being pitched and not getting in? Do you think? Right, that's a good question, and I think we can actually use this analogy for like. It. Anything. So, like, you know, there's millions of apps, which yep. ones get featured. Similarly, there's probably millions Same of restaurants, restaurants and, you know. Beautiful destinations, experiences. Yeah. Uh, so, I think um, it's not so much what they're doing to pitch. I mean, obviously, they have to get on our radar, which is a, a starting point. It's it's more the actual content. So, in the case of apps, if it's, if it's you know, either new or interesting or does something fun, Again, it has to have a travel skew. So for anything we do, we, it, th- there needs to be a, a kind mm-hmm. of a travel angle. So it's something that people can sort of use on the go. We, uh, we have a tech writer who does the tech pages that I manage. And, and you'd uh, approach the tech writer for that sort of um, pitch? I think it's um, it's a bit of a two-way street. Like we, uh, I get pitched a lot of, uh, we get pitched stuff as well. And then uh, if, if something stands out as being interesting, uh, I'll feed that through the writer. Sometimes he pitches um, stuff. So it really depends. And I think yeah. that that's how most most of our um, features would work. 
And how many eyeballs does Jetstar magazine get a month? Because you've got a really captured audience there sitting in their seats with probably not a lot to do um, while they have to switch their phones off or on airplane mode. Yeah. Um, so what what sort of what are what are the numbers like per month of people reading the magazine? Oh gosh, you've got me off guard here. I should have probably looked up the media kit. It's it's um, it's constantly changing. Uh, we we I mean we we get audited reports um, ever so often. And I think the last figure was, don't quote me, 276,000 or so. And then again, there's obviously the online content that's um, that's there. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a captive audience and people love to read the magazine when they're I mean, that's the sort of feedback we've been getting consistently. But and there's been sort of exponential growth in the readership in the in the last year or so that we've been doing the mag, which is um which is always a good sign. Yeah, and um, Medium Rare looks after Qantas magazine as well. Do you ever share content? Because you're obviously getting a lot of similar sort of pitches as well from from PRs and businesses. Would you ever say think, oh, this isn't for us, but it could be for Qantas, or flick it over to them? Yeah, we do do that. We probably don't cross pollinate content too much because we've, uh, I think the different brands and titles have very distinct identities, yeah. and that's what makes them work. Um, so, so they're positioned quite clearly. And again, uh, um, as I might have mentioned before, we we're quite sort of insights led and very strategic in how we plan our content as ac- across the business. Um, and we obviously get a lot of insights into our audiences and that, and so that. They're quite different, but yeah, if if something comes through that isn't that doesn't work for us, that um, yeah, we'll definitely sort of pass it on to either Qantas or Qantas Link Spirit, for example, yeah. um, and vice versa. We are op- the, the overarching sort of travel vertical um, in medium rare, if you will. It's it's um, so Kirsten Galliot, she heads up, so she oversees us as well. Um, so yeah, we we do work. Uh, I, I would, I mean, they're separate teams. But yeah, we, we do sort of work together when, okay, when they're right. And who who would you say is your demographic? So what's who do you have in mind as your reader when you're putting the magazine together? So the Jetstar audience is quite a broad church, and that's you could say that that's uh, one of probably one of the challenges. Uh, but equally, I think it, it's also an opportunity. We we get a lot of insights um, in into our audiences, obviously, and we're seeing that it's skewing um, ob- younger, obviously. So a lot a lot of dare I say the M word millennials and Gen Zers um, who who fly um, Jetstar and um, so and th- that that informs our content yeah. um, to yeah. to yeah. a large degree. Um, a lot of families, and then there's there's section of um, sort of business travelers as well you know the small and medium business mm-hmm. owners and that kind of thing yeah. which which is something that we are actually introducing into our content mix as well sort of targeting more more businessy con- uh, content mm-hmm. and I think this is a good example of sharing just just how we distinguish Jetstar and Qantas as two as two brands for example so Qantas has a lot of Qantas magazine has a lot of business content but that's more sort of a corporate you know Mm c-suite type of business whereas we're we're um, skewed younger you know flexi working digital nomads um, techpreneurs and that 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 kind of a audience so a perfect example of being targeted you know if you're a corporate out there 
don't be pitching to Jetstar magazine, pitch to Qantas and vice versa. So it's really just about thinking who's the audience um, of this media and making the lives of journos easier by targeting your pitch to their audience and showing them why it will engage their audience. Exactly. And then we, a part of our audience um, mix is also made up of sort of older travellers who have probably the ultimate luxury of um, time and money. <laughs> well, lucky them. <laughs> um, all right. Well, just to finish off, the, um, the tagline of this podcast is mainstream your message. So what's a tip that you would give businesses out there or not-for-profit organisations who want to mainstream their message? So I think the best thing for a brand to do if they want to mainstream their message is to stay true to their story. And it probably is counterintuitive to uh, mainstreaming sometimes, but I think authenticity is probably the most important thing um, in, in a brand story. And if if there's a good story to tell, it will be told. But if, if, if you're trying to sort of pretend to be something or that, beat something up yeah to, to to fit into a particular mold that's probably not a very sustainable strategy mm. in my opinion okay no i like that thank you well thank you so much sedeshna it's been so lovely to chat to you really appreciate your insights and thanks for coming and taking time out of your very busy day pleasure um, thanks for having me it's been fantastic fun. great thank you thanks that was a fantastic chat with sedeshna and now we welcome into the studio Alexandra Lilly, who's a journalist with Bauer Media's Now to Love. Welcome, Alex. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Okay, we'll get stuck into it. So tell us a bit about your role. So you're a digital producer of Bauer Media. What does that mean? What does it entail? I am, yes. So um, I've mostly we do, um, we do content, written content. So um, it involves writing articles, so checking what's trending in the news, what's going off, and creating an article around that. So it could be Carrie Bickmore's uploaded some really cute pictures of her kids and we want to um, share those with the world even more. Or it could be um, Prince Harry has just put out a statement about people bullying Meghan Markle, for instance. Like that sort of stuff, finding those things that people are really interested in and want to talk about and then delving into those a bit further with a bit of investigation hunting around for other sources and just collating and making that cool story, really. Yeah, yeah. And so what does a day in, in the life of Alex Lilly look like? Like, so when you come into the office, how do you start to pros- go through what's trending in the news and how, how do you work out what's going to be, you know, that's the stories that you write that day, etc. Uh, I think one of the best things is the fact that every day is so different. I think that's one of the biggest perks in the media is that no two days are alike. And I remember being told that and thinking, ugh, that's such a cliche, but but it's true. But I think the thing that I've really, that I, something I do every day is just stalk social media. I stalk Twitter and Instagram, check other news outlets as well because they could have a really cool ex- exclusive and um, see what they're reporting about just to see what people are interested in and engaging in. So, yeah, just um, doing your research really is the foundation of every day, really. So, yeah. And then you're pitched to as well by other people. So PR people and other people wanting their story, you know, to be featured in, in your sort of outlets. Oh, for sure. Like we get we get a lot of um, PRs emailing us um, pitching stories, pitching like a, whether it's an event that's kicking off or um, someone who's got like a really deep touching story that they want to share to get um, an important 
health or lifestyle message out or something like that. Yeah. And what 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 of those pictures gets your attention, and what do you do with them? So, how, firstly, how many would you get a day? Oh, that's that that's tough. I'd probably say between. Uh, probably around 30, 50 sometimes. Okay, like yeah. it gets it gets a lot. But the things that stand out are something that obviously we can see as making a good story that people will want to engage with. So, yeah, I found that real life stories are very much something that people on our site are, are really keen to read about. A lot of our readers are parents as well. So if it's a story that can pull at the heartstrings or um, inspire someone, then that's really that really is a key thing um if it's related to yeah the royals or a reality tv show that's kicking off so bachelor survivor then yeah we'll definitely be keen to push that a bit further so yeah those are the things i'd say that so yeah out. so so human interest kind of story so even if you've got a business that you want to share the story and you're thinking what are the angles you know looking at it from a human interest point of view like what are the stories going on within our or is there something interesting that um, we can share, like a case study of oh, some totally. sort? Oh, totally. Like, I think that's what people really want to – people love to feel connected to other people. And if you can do that in a story, like with – yeah, it's it's a great way to reach out and it's a great way to, yeah, connect with someone. And people, people do care. People – it may sound fake sometimes, but, no, people really do care and they love to – um, whether it's emotional or funny or, or downright shocking, like that's that's the stuff people want to hear. And how do you, how does the team choose which stories will be shared on 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 your socials, like so on the Bow Media sort of social platforms? Well, the good thing about working digital is you can see who's reading what stories. So once it's published, um, we're, we're able to go into the back end and see not only who's reading what stories, but how they're reading them, like whether they're clicking on via Facebook or Instagram or if or if someone's been Googling it, like it's a trending topic that's been Googled. Um, so that's that's a really cool thing to see. And then once we see it's doing well, then we can push it further. We can either resell it on a different angle on Facebook or Instagram or we can um, – another one is um, online newsletters. So through email, like those do very well. Um, so, yeah, it's about like – seeing what's working well and even if it's not working well it's about like oh how can we change this up a little bit how can we make this a bit more interesting and maybe this angle will work better so yeah and a lot of businesses are trying to market to mums so where where do you think some of them are going wrong and what advice would you give them to get cut through I think with um with marketing to mums um from my experience um they haven't got time to deal with all these extras and add-ons and all this all the fluff really so if you've I think if you're marketing to mums the tip is just get straight to the point just tell it as it is um and know what mums want and that like I feel like that usually comes back to like something that's budget friendly because kids are expensive and it's really expensive to raise a child oh my gosh like (laughs) having spoken to so many parents they're just like they they don't want to waste their money or on things that are trivial and not that won't provide a use, but if they can do something that yeah will help their child and um, or help them and isn't too expensive or that sort of thing, mm. so and then um, millennials are also a huge target or market. You know, I feel like businesses either want to target the mums or the millennials, but you need to sort of talk to them in very different ways. And I guess you've worked across titles that have an audience of both those markets, mm-hmm. so. What's the difference or how do you feel, you know, you'd get 
cut through with millennials? Oh, I, I'm not really sure because, I mean, sometimes there's a crossover with millennials and mums. So um, you've got to appeal to, to both sides. Um, but with millennials, I'd say they're more, they don't necessarily want to cut through things. Like they want to know the extra information. They want to know the behind the scenes stuff. Like the with reality TV, they want to know all the conspiracy theories, all the stuff that's like going on behind the scenes. They want to know the extras. Whereas I'd say with with mums, I mean, at least with products and such, they yeah, they just want to get straight to the point. Whereas I think millennials are willing to hear and learn about the extras and the add-ons and stuff like that. Mm. And um, BuzzFeed is a you know site that a lot of young people read, watch, uh, read all the time, um, and really enjoy. How how would a brand get some exposure on BuzzFeed? Because I know the formula is a bit different. It's not sort of long form stories and things like that. So are there any sort of tips to sort of get a brand, your brand on BuzzFeed? I think it's it sounds simple, but you've just got to start with like knowing the website and looking at their style and their writing style. I think it's quite easy to forget to do that. It's very easy to get caught up and just think of your your product, your business, and um, go in with tunnel vision. But it's really important if you're looking at going on a specific platform, you've got to yeah, focus on that audience because that's who you're writing for and they're not going to be engaged if it's just your way or the highway. So with BuzzFeed, like um, it's 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 a funny site. <laughs> like it's they like to be a bit silly and a bit outrageous. Yeah, quizzes. Yes, love those BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> and um, y- yeah, so appealing to that little, that cheeky side, that outrageous side, the stuff that that you might be thinking but you won't want to say. That sort of yeah appeal to that nature because that's what BuzzFeed's all about. And if someone's pitching you, if they offer you an exclusive, is that is that helpful? Hugely helpful. Like everyone wants to like know that know that information straight from the horse's mouth. So especially if it's from a celebrity or or yeah, someone who's very high profile, like of course you want to hear from their side because a lot of the time things get skewed in the media and things get um, lost in translation. So it's great to have that exclusive from someone. So yeah. Mm. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. It was really, really lovely to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you so Been much for having insightful. me. Thank you for chatting. <laughs> Letting me chat. Well, that was the end of season one of the Magnify You podcast. It's been an absolute blast and I really want to thank all the journalists who gave up their time and came into the studio and divulged their insider secrets to help you out with how to craft your story when pitching to the media. I want to take this opportunity to wish you all a very happy new year and really excited for you to tune in in 2020 where we'll be back with season two of the Magnify You podcast. I've been your host, Monica Rosenfeld from Wordstorm PR. Thank you for joining Monica Rosenfeld on the Magnify You podcast. If you liked the episode, rate and review the show on whatever app you listen to the show on. You can listen to Magnify You on all podcast apps, including Apple and Google. Spotify and the TuneIn Radio app are other great ways to listen. If you are looking for a marketing speaker for your next event or PR for your business, contact Monica Rosenfeld at monica at wordstormpr.com.au.